Welcome to Conversations for Ali, a podcast sharing the real life, everyday stories of resilient Australian women from the bush. I'm Ebony Wan. We'll hear how these women have overcome some huge adversities as well as what tools they use on a daily basis to regain a sense of peace, normality and happiness in their lives again. I've created this podcast in loving memory of my friend, Dr. Alexandra Jane Tapp. This is Conversations for Ali. Today, you're going to hear from S.T. Ruth, better known as Struth, who is a big part of Winton's very own Crack Up Sisters. Recently, I chatted with Amanda Lynn Pearson, who truly is an extraordinary Australian performer, champion whipcracker, dancer, choreographer, circus performer, writer, and all-round good Aussie girl. Struth joined me from the very unique and incredible home that the Crack Up Sisters have been building and renovating with their bare hands in Winton, Outback Queensland, for two years along with the help of generous fellow Australians willing to give a hand with their skills and materials. It has been a big community effort. Throughout our chat, you'll even have the pleasure of hearing some real-life hammer-banging from Rowdy herself in the background building the fence. This Friday, the 24th of June 2022, this quintessential piece of outback architecture is opening its yard for the first time for people to be fully immersed in the amazing and one-of-a-kind culture of the Crack Up Sisters. Be sure to head along if you're in the district. In this podcast, we talk about all sorts of things, including the Crack Up Sisters show, how they believe in sustainability, recycling and caring for the environment, our love for Australian-made caravans and camper trailers, and basically all things Australian. This is Struth's story. So is your real name Struth? Well, the character that I play is actually S.T. Ruth. But most people just call us truth. The S and the T stand for names that mum and dad called her that she doesn't particularly like. Oh. And what is your real name then <laughs> when you're not in character? Well, uh, my name's Amanda Lynn. Okay. Like the star. Yep. All right. And um, as you know, ST Ruth, we've, um, we saw you at the Narrabri show um, in May. And I was just so taken. I I have to admit I hadn't heard of the Crack Up Sisters before, but we saw you at the rodeo on the Friday night and we just loved it. And our kids both went and saw you during the day on the Friday. There was like a kids, all the school sort of went. And then the Saturday we saw two shows and it was the most miserable day ever um I think we saw like a two o'clock show or something and freezing and raining and all sorts of things and I have just never been so entertained in so many different ways and um and then we went back and saw like the five o'clock show because I just wanted to see it all again but we were so surprised to find that it was a completely different show 
but um, equally as enjoyable and entertaining and funny. And then um, what really took me was the extraordinary amount of effort that I, I could see in your in the sort of the house, like the the backdrop and the the costumes and the props and the jokes and the tricks and the whips and the everything. I just was sitting there going, how, who are these people and how on earth does this happen and where have you come from? And then I loved, I loved your, your Australian humour, um, how you tried to teach the kids um, diff, like a, Australian culture and Australian humour and, and, things that are important to you. I loved that you um, said where you're from, which is Winton in Queensland, but that spiel about the, the I don't know, the, the location of where Winton is. Like there's a lot to learn from that and you could tell that you're really proud to be from there. You're proud to be Australian. You want that Australian um, bush culture and, and love of the outback to go on and, I don't know. I just, I just loved it. And I think that there, there's a lot of layers in, in the show and I took a lot from it. I love that my husband and I loved it so much, but so did our kids, but for different reasons, because they didn't pick up on some things that we did. And it's very, very clever and you're very talented. And I just left there thinking, I need to know more about these girls. And then there was Rowdy, of course, your sister, um, but uh, are you and Rowdy sisters in real life? Yeah, Rowdy, Rowdy lives here in Winton too. We're just around, well, there's not that many corners, but we're just around the corner. She's, um, she's at home sewing curtains for the house today and I'm here for the fence. Yeah. Oh, so let's, um, let's go back to the beginning then and, and I'm just interested to know... Um, yeah, how, how all of this came to be, but, you know, your love of art and, and your character and your personality and all of that, I just, I, I think that um, it's very interesting. So where were you born? Oh, we say that we're, um, we're really citizens of Queensland because all over the shop, um, but we've all got a passion and have been ever since we were kids. You know, I started ballroom dancing at three and a half. So uh, Rowdy started gymnastics very early. There's just like a passion in all of us with the skills. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we're shifty. So we've moved around a lot, which then leads into being a performer on the road, which is a, a shifty lifestyle. You know, yeah. you need to just be comfortable in your skin and be be happy wherever you are and enjoy and not get homesick, just enjoy where you are. And Yeah. yeah. So Happy how many myself. kids are in your family? Well, there's five crack-up sisters. And do you all perform together? Well, we've never had us all on stage before, so it just um, it turns around. Mostly there's two of us, um, and that's because it gives us more room in the ute. <laughs> it also... Um, is much easier in rehearsal time and it fits everybody's budgets. Mm. That's fair enough. Um, so what got you into ballroom dancing when you were three? That's quite a unique sport to do. By, 
whatever is around us. So I guess that was what was in front of me. Um, yeah, at that time. So, yeah, the Crack Up Sisters were born um, out of the passion of being professional performing artists for a lot of years and around the world and, you know, often flown in as a skills performer, you know, to somewhere like Hong Kong for a five-minute gig and you're flown in as, a, as an aerialist or as a stilts artist and income the Brazilians and the, the French and the whatever else, you know, the top from around the world. And you start to notice that, you know, they very strongly have their, their national dance, their national dress, their national food, their language, their music. Hmm. And that was the stuff that just started to drive me go, I'm a white country Australian woman. What is my culture? Yeah. What is it? So that's what really drove getting the Crack Up Sisters going and then um, uh, that drove, you know, following up the stock whip, which I'd always loved and cracked since I was a little girl. But, like, what else could I do with that, you know, as a dancer and an acrobat? What else can you do with a stock whip? So um, it kind of drove that. And when you get around Australia and particularly regional and remote, you realise that we don't have as much access to entertainment. Mm. Um, so really passionate about creating something that showed our stories, that told our culture, that tried to capture it and, like you said, you know, nurture it and put it on a little podium and bring it, make it cool and fun and interesting and, most importantly, entertain all of us because I think sometimes a lot of our acts, you know, and I think that's a tricky thing with the Crack Up Sisters too. You might see a photo and you assume that it's kids' entertainment or you make some yeah. assumptions about what it is yeah. from the colours. Yeah. But what it actually is is very layered because even if you were doing kids' entertainment, there's usually about 60% adults in that mm. audience. And I think healthy kids actually come from healthy families. So mum and dad need to have a laugh too. That's and if right. everybody's involved... And it's layered, just like the cartoons that we grew up with. There was always jokes that mum and dad got that you didn't get, but you yeah, laughed because yeah. they laugh. And it's just that beautiful oh, generational thing. That is so, so true. Yeah, we call it family entertainment because there's something for everybody. Yeah. And I also think it's important to have jokes in there that relate to dad and mm. a plumber and a truck driver mm. and a farmer and, mm. you know, and everything that we are and one for the sewers and one for the cookers and, um, yeah, really a great fart joke for a li- really little kid or all of us laugh at that. Yeah. The human. Oh, that's the right. Human stories. So good. And that's, that is exactly how I felt when we saw you. And I remember you came up to me after it. You said you really liked that, didn't you? And I said, yes. And you said you smiled the whole time. And I did. I had sore cheeks and I felt so much lighter and just so good. And I really enjoyed the show with the kids. I mean, I always love the show, but um, I just think having such a good laugh just really made our weekend. It was just wonderful. Um, yeah, and that's what we want to keep alive is remembering it's not all that serious. And you know, we we perform as clowns, and clowns are really special because if you look at the meaning of clown, it's that they show the human condition. 
So a clown is like a child. If it's sad, it's sad, but it can snap out of it in that very instant. And I think there's something um, nice for us as human watching a clown that doesn't doesn't have a an ego, yeah. or if it does, it tells you. You know, yeah. it's it's really it's really just honest. It's good, isn't it? Um, yeah. So did you spend most of your childhood in outback areas of Queensland? Like, has that oh, been quite influential? Um, all over the shop. But I think Winton, um, Winton came about in 2015 and it was always a town that, I don't know, it had, when you look at it now, it had funny little influences on us, but we really just fell in love with this house and it was born out of the fact that we travel most of the year and we perform in so many people's communities and in doing that you see the community and you see oh there's a little bit of conflict there or you know you see but what you see in communities people have each other's back and they know each other so well yeah and we sort of felt like we wanted a home mm. so that's and miraculously next minute we drive into town and see this little house for sale with a handmade for sale sign and it was half a house, like fallen down, um, and it was just, it was just a crazy decision, which has turned into an absolutely amazing expression. Wow! So that was in 2015. So that's well before COVID. Yeah. So was that was your intention then, just to have a home? Uh, yeah, it was to rebuild the place. Um, I guess always been interested in building, and and particularly. Um, just using what exists, you know. Um, there's so much materials in the world and just being really aware of the amount of wastage and stuff that can be used that's been chucked out, you know. Um, but, yeah, we were definitely too busy until um, COVID hit when we yeah. could actually just put down our fake eyelashes and pick up a hammer. <laughs> and that was something else that came through in the show that I really loved was um, when you talked about the house that you're building um, and talking about resources and, and using things that are already existing and getting people to help with their skills and all of that. I loved, um, yeah, I think that we all could take something away from that about yeah, using what we already have and not wasting things. And that was really refreshing as well. Like that was just another thing that I thought, oh, this is just your one-stop shop. You can learn so much here. Um, and then the That's seeds, great. you sold the seeds. Our kids bought the seeds from you. And I thought, um, well, yeah, my husband's a, a keen gardener, but it's so nice to grow your own things. Um so just giving kids an opportunity to ha to have some success in growing something like that might spark something else for them. Um, so did you have any um, big influences in your earlier years when you were growing up where you thought, I, this is the track that I want to go down? Or did you all head down the performing track organically and naturally? Um, I think it's pretty natural. I won't speak for everybody else, but I, that's my earliest memory was to be an actress. Um, but the only thing that I knew about doing that was going to Hollywood. Mm. And so 
that was the only path that I knew of and I wasn't exposed to um, live performance. Um, I don't think I've, I can't even remember if I ever went to a circus performance. Um, it was just a small town and whatever was there, we did, but I wanted to be an actress. So, you know, it was pretty amazing for me when I did go to the city and I did dance um, and I just had no idea that there were all of these other art forms and crafts. Um, and so that's why I'm really passionate whenever we're in um, towns, wherever we are, we always teach because mm. it's not a lot of people say, oh, you're so talented. And we say, no, we just practised. Mm. You know, not born any differently. We all have, we all have infinite creativity. It's just what's fired in us and what we then use our discipline to train. Yeah. So did you go somewhere to learn some of your skills, like some sort of school or um, college or um, something? Yeah, there is now certainly when all of us, oh, Rowdy went to um, Circo Arts in New Zealand, which has shut down now, but it was a, you know, a diploma course in circus. Um, but the rest of us have really just found um, artists and trainers that that relate and speak. So, yeah, and then mm. followed them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so... So when did the Crack Up Sisters become the Crack Up Sisters, a show that you would take on the road and and that would be, I, I presume that's how you earn your living? Yeah, 2009. Oh, okay. And who did you all collectively come up with that idea? Uh, no, no. Um, before that I was performing with another woman doing the whip cracking Sheila's. So she taught me oh. whip cracking. Angie Mooney, um, and Angie then wanted to retire and um, Butte, Crack Up Sister, was on tour with me doing another show and I said, oh, I just want to crack whips. I didn't want to stop cracking whips. I'd just really fallen in love with it. So um, we started then and our first gig was the Calgary Stampede in Canada. That was the first book gig. Oh, so, wow. Hero to friggin' hero straight away. <laughs> How did they get on to you? I rang them. <laughs> I rang them, told them how we were. But we had we had quite a slick show, Angie and I. Like <laughs> when she retired on the spot, um, you know, the new show wasn't real slick, but we went anyway. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so is it you and Rowdy who are the main Crack Up Sisters travelling? Yeah, yeah, currently, yep, Rowdy and Struth um, are on the road, yeah, yeah, on the road and building. Yeah, as we can hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so how did the the trailer setup come to be with the house, your, your stage that you travel with and take all over the country? Well, we just started out with, um, yeah, we used to say two girls, a bag of whips, a mini motorbike and a ute. And we found that, you know, when you pulled up at an ag show and you just sort of, you know, two chicks in ball gowns in the middle of an arena, it, it, it could be more. So um, yeah. so we created a set um, and the first version of the set took four hours to construct. 
and deconstruct and was very labor intensive. So um, I think in 2011, we had that trailer built. So it cut it down to two hours of heavy lifting, oh. which is quite, yeah. It's still rather epic, but um, we we definitely like it because it's real timber, it's real stuff, it really breaks and we really fix it with whatever is around. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't just like to have something painted on the side of the trailer. No, and that has when we were sitting there watching, I actually forgot. It just felt like that was a part of the Nabra showground. Like it, it is so oh, real. Yeah. It's when we walked away, I thought, hang on a minute, that's not even there. Where did that come from? And how was that built? And and then we went back the next day to get our kids' artwork and things that they'd put into the show in the pavilions. And you were all gone. And I thought, wow, so much energy happened here yesterday and it's all gone. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, I you just get so invested in the show. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's so nice to hear this from you. Yeah. Because everything that we make it for and that you project and hope that your audience gets. Oh. Like we all get what we get, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's and we're all here. different. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was really taken with it. And then I thought, wow, you've got to pack all of that up and I don't know where on earth it goes. Someone said they saw the trailer around the back of it. Um, and I thought, so you've got to pack that up somehow and, and yeah, and then leave and, and drive, I don't know, 1,500 Ks or something to get home. It's enormous. Yeah. How many Ks um, maybe pre-COVID do you do a year? Do you know? We were averaging 70,000 a year pre-COVID oh. and none of them make sense. Very rarely is it sort of. You know, it, it, we really just um, trust whatever comes in, you know, and if Narrabri puts up their hand and go, come on, come down, you know, that the, they're ready to have a laugh. Yeah, yeah, and you have to yeah, just make so it happen. Make it happen, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah 70000 a year. It, it's um, it's pretty epic. Yeah. And it is, it is, it is a lot for... Um, two women to there's you know there's the effort in the driving and towing nearly three ton and we always have two dogs on the road though rowdy just picked up another pup so we'll have three dogs on the road um <laughs> ourselves and then three tons worth of gear so yeah we're often yeah we set up and we pull down and every day we put out the sound system um i'm a rigger as well so i do all the rigging all the rigging changes which at narrabri was extreme because it'd start raining all the time. I think I climbed the rig six times that day to put up gear, pull down gear. Put oh, up gear. really? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness me. So where do you stay when you're travelling? I hope you don't just stay in swags. No. 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 So like the show society, so they're, um, they will then get a sponsor. So we always just let them do it you know sometimes a motel says we'll give you some rooms and yeah and Narrabri was lovely they were really lovely where did we stay it's like a caravan park near the showgrounds oh yeah cabin. yeah 
I know the she one. She was lovely. Oh, that's good. And what about eating on the road? Um, yeah, as you can imagine, we are um, nutrition is very vital mm. for our vitality. So that is a tricky thing. We're just designing a trailer now so that we can cook for ourselves. At the moment, we don't have any cooking facilities. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's nutrition. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do supplement our nutrition a lot. Because the um, other thing, which I didn't really talk about before, was how fit you clearly are. And and a part of the show that we saw earlier in the day was the acrobats, do you say, when you're doing the big, um, like hanging from each other? Yep, yep. Yeah, with the swing. Yeah. That was absolutely yep. extraordinary. And I just had my heart in my throat the whole time because like you could have fallen at any point and you were just hanging onto each other or hanging onto the rope, you know, even that. And didn't Rowdy grabbed onto my costume and ripped a big hole in it, yes. didn't she? Yeah. I, I said to you, would you like me to go and go home and sew this before the afternoon? But you said, no, you've got plenty more. So you've got to be really fit. I don't think if we've actually repaired that costume yet. <laughs> I don't think we have. You better get to it. Um, yeah, so how do you stay fit when you're travelling? Um, it's just consistency and discipline. So um, it is a bit harder on the road, especially when you're fatigued, um, but we just always make time for that and sometimes that means that you're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and every day before we go in we both, you know, do our own yoga stretching whatever we need to do in our room mm. um or we go in because once we get into the showgrounds often you know we're very accessible to everybody and it's a anything can happen at any time um so we don't often get time to do a sufficient warm-up yeah yeah so if you were in a theatre before you did shows of the level of physicality that we did, you would do an hour to an hour and a half physical warm-up um, exercises together to get your complicite on time, rehearse your show, all of that, you know, and that's in blackout and you would have stage managers looking after everything and testing your sound and your lighting and the producer um, looking after you, but we kind of do all of that. So, Wow. Um, yeah, and it's definitely, you know, we're not 20-year-old acrobats anymore. Yeah. Interesting how much how much uh, more streamlined that you get at your craft. Yeah. Um, I did think that about, yeah, like you, I, can, I know that you're not 20, so, um, you know, I, d- I was really in awe of, of your physical ability and and the way that you could keep that energy the whole time for the whole day really and then when you consider that you've traveled so far and um you've got to go home and you've got to pack up and do it all again the next weekend it, um yeah it must be must be exhausting so i can see that you have to um keep keep your health and things like that um you know as a priority Yes. Yep. Mm. Yep. Very much prioritize that. 
And it's for the safety of each other as well, you know. We um, are respectful of each other. You can't get lazy in yourself and then expect your partner to pick you up and carry you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, So who comes up with all of the content? It's a a, um, collaboration. So we, we work together and Rowdy and I work really quickly and fast together and it's constant. You know, we're always adding to a show, adding to a soundtrack, adding a prop. We have excessive props, um, adding a piece to a costume, adding a magic. Yeah. Yeah. Refining scripts, changing scripts, giving it a go. Because we perform so much, we're able to go, let's give it a, you know, a bit of a crack with this and, and see where that goes. And, yeah. Um, so it's always it's evolving. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and have you been doing the same shows for a while or it's, it's just that, that sort of constant, um, evolving. Yeah. It's constant evolution. And even if you've seen, um, like the doubles, the aerial that you're talking about, even if you've seen that last year, it's actually different this year. Yeah. And the ins and outs different. Yeah. 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 Um, do you, we're, we're very, um, Sorry, go on. Yeah, we're very generous with each other and um, with our craft and with evolution. And we train constantly. We have a clown coach. Um, we have acrobatic coaches, uh, you know, mates who are more specialised in that area. Yeah. And we might give them a call or book in if we're coming past. Can you just spend an hour with us? We're thinking about this. Have a wow. look at us. What else could we add to that? Um so that we've constantly got something else that we're training as well for ourselves. Yeah. And it might be, you know, just a few tricks that we can then put in the show a little bit later and it, it keeps us energised. That's so cool. Um, mm. Do you ever get sick of it? No, I think there's exhaustion, yes, but that's about managing it too. Um, yeah. And I often think of, well, if I had three kids... Oh. there's no time sick of it is there yeah you yeah. know so whilst being a crack up sister is a massive life choice yeah for your energy your mental your physical your spiritual everything um it's a joy and I think it's really important what helps us not get sick of it is that we push ourselves to evolve and we feed ourselves yeah you know so we will do classes we will learn we'll take mentors and coaches and watch other things and I think that's what keeps you alive Mm. um what are some of the challenges that come up um as you're traveling around or during shows or um even when you're home and trying to get things done what are some of the challenges that you experience in this job the challenges are probably the massive multi layers to the crack up sisters work. And of course it's not just performatively, which is massive. Mm. Most performers are either an actress or a dancer or an acrobat. Yeah. Not many of those mixed into one and then live performance and then producing and booking and directing and cutting the music and being the technician that sets it up. So that's a massive thing. Um, then we've added building a house, which is 
first time I've ever built a house <laughs> and we're creating. So it's probably just the multitude. So the challenge is maintaining your energy, staying calm. Challenge is always to be present and enjoy. Yeah. Not get stressed out about it. That's, yeah. How do you manage that? Making a decision. I've made a decision going into this house opening. I'm like, I could get stressed and not sleep at night or we can just do as much as we can each day. Okay. And say yes and enjoy. I need to take that on board a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we do that creatively too. That's one of the things that we have in our process is we say yes and so you might say to me, I want to pour a bucket of water over your head. And I would go, yes. And then you pass me a towel, you know, <laughs> so you don't block an idea or an effort that somebody else is putting in. Say yes. And then keep it moving. Yeah. That's a really nice flow that we find in our creative and, and in life. Yeah. Good on you. Um, and what about when you get to shows all over the country, do people tend to offer to help set up and things or do you look uh, like you've really got it together and don't come near you? No, we, we've got our act together. Um, we always need help putting up our rig. It's just, you know, it's nearly eight metres. Um, so there's only so much that two can do of that. And that's a really nice point too to involve people and it becomes a lovely chat. I quite enjoy it. You know, mm. people come along and you just get to hang out and talk and, mm. um, yeah, sometimes yeah. every show committee, you know, everybody's volunteers and depends what time. Every show is so different. Sometimes we've had, um, you know, school kids are there sort of on work experience and that's lovely too. Mm. You'll get a group of kids or... Um. Yeah, all sorts of things. Ask, give us a lift with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you met anybody really interesting or memorable that that took you by surprise or you didn't expect to meet or things like that? Everybody takes me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, you'd meet a lot of characters, no doubt. Yeah, a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real joy. What I wanted to ask you now was about um, the house. So if you bought that in 2015 um, and then I remember you said at the show that the pandemic hit and suddenly you couldn't go anywhere and work dried up, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, so you had the idea about the house. Can you tell me about that? Well, the pandemic hit. And Rowdy and I were at a show um, and she actually had a cough, so we're a little bit paranoid. (laughs) Um, But straight into that, of course, we all, none of us knew what was going on, but we went straight into, great, oh, well, we've got a couple of weeks to make a whole lot of new acts and rehearse up all this new stuff. So we went hell for leather making (laughs) and then it continued um, and we caught up on some sleep and then it continued. And then by about, um, well, I'm not sure, but in 2020, um, there was a builder who put up his hand and he said, Con, I'll give you a couple of weeks. So he said, oh, well, how about we uh, hook in and we do build the house? 
um, that was something that we could do. So we put it out there to uh, just our Facebook and Instagram and said, listen, we're going to do this, um, but we basically don't have the skills or the <laughs> money and don't really want to buy new stuff anyway. So if anybody's got any stuff that's too good to throw out, but you're never going to use it, get it out to Winton or give us a yell and we'll try and work out how to get it out here and then we'll make a house out of that. So that's what happened. And it was a little bit frightening going, holy dooly, like could this be an avalanche of kindness and stuff and how yeah. do we manage that? But it, it has also worked out really amazingly and stuff has turned up just as you need it or you go, heck, we're a window short. Um and it's all came in and Winston and Glenda are retired builders, but builders from an era when they did everything from drilling the holes to milling the timber to putting the last lick of paint on. So, um, and Winston's very passionate about that old building and joining. So it was a joy to build with him and he was generous in sharing, you know, obviously with very little skill, but lots of, get up and go you know but he was patient with us so we Do they, the are, are they from Winton no they're from Childers so I think it's an 1100k trip each time that they come out here um really just on site we had nothing we didn't even have a toilet we didn't have we had running water um and we had little chemical toilets and I just had the show trailer to sleep in to start with and Rowdy yeah. slept in the back of her car. And we're on the main street, so she's g'day everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very different to, you know, like we're public figures so um, and we usually have a public life and then a private life. But while we're built, we're basically publicly accessible at all times and yeah. we don't have our show face or our show character on. We're hot, sweaty, way out of our comfort zone in skill level and ability and um, it's just been really beautiful. Yeah. So, so tell me about the – sorry. We've gradually got there. Now yeah. we've got a flush toilet. We've got a kitchen. Not quite. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell me about the heart of it and, and what you wanted to achieve in, in rebuilding. What's the intention? The intention to rebuild was to use stuff that exists and to also pay homage and tribute and learn those skills that are, uh, are almost a little bit of a forgotten art form in yeah. a life when building now is very much, um, what do you call them, bloody nail guns yep. and prefab. Yeah. So this went straight back to we had all secondhand timber a lot of the times we would run out of, you know, specific timbers and we'd have to do a shout-out and find something in town where people were wanting to pull it down. So then we'd have to go and do a demolition to get the old timber to bring it back here. Um, so all of the hardwoods are pre-drilled and nailed. And even when we bent a nail, Winston would go, you can straighten that and reuse it. Wow. So, yeah. Oh. Just... Gosh, it, it's been really lovely, and I think that there are 
we had one gentleman turn up because he just he'd been a builder his whole life but he wanted to learn a bit of that but he missed Winston by a week so so that's a beautiful thing about the house is people can see it and the bits of you know we've ripped so much stuff out of the dump um and just floorboards that didn't work Winston had then ripped down and make them into um door trims the house is amazing and we've um done it so that it is it is council approved tick 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 all of the building regulations is of it? nowadays yeah but if you see it you can see that she's solid as a solid as yeah and so are you going to live in it or is it for visitors to come and because I remember you talked about it being some sort of museum or tribute to outback performers or something like that. So we've got this block in the main street and it's kind of um, divided into four parts. So our yard um, will be open from the 24th of June and it's come play in our yard from 3 to 5 p.m. <laughs> so it'd take about an hour if you did everything in the yard which includes all of our favourite games like marbles, hopscotch, handball, elastics. Um, there's hula hoops and the story of the hula hoop. There's um, we've, We're installing an international flea training circus facility, the first of its kind in the world, um, complete with hotel accommodation, nightclubs for the fleas, <laughs> to rent by the hour. Oh, gosh. Um, and then there's there's donated pieces. So artists who've dedicated their life to tell the story and perform really in Outback Australia. We've been doing this for 13 years. And as you do it, you really, like all of the things that you've noticed, it's like, it's a hell of a job to perform outdoors in the weather, touring. It's not, it's a very special person that that appeals to. Mm. So that that's a real... Um, part of what we wanted to celebrate and you find most bush people are very humble mm. so it's no doubt that their stories don't live in any other museum mm. in the country so it was a space to celebrate that and it's kind of everything that we've learned in our discovery of what is Australian outback culture for performers and our performing arts so we've done a little mini doco series as well so you can oh. sit in one of the caravans that we've done up, um, a 1954 Australian-built caravan, and you can watch the docos. Um, yeah, that's so there's cool. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a yard that's active every day from 3 to 5 p.m. Oh, okay. Soon. And then um, we're not quite ready to open up the house, but the house is being built as our character house, so it's where the Crack-Up Sisters live. So then you can actually come and stay in their house. But everything, your entire stay is completely booby-trapped. Like there's 15 light switches on the wall, but only one of them work. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe when you go to pick up the key, maybe it's been shifted and, yeah. How there's fun. There's like so fun. Yeah. All of it's like we've just played pranks on you. That is so cool. So you won't always be there, but but um, our spirit is. Yeah. So we how will that? How will it run if you're not there? We have people looking after it. 
So we haven't, we're opening to an, an artist in residence program. So in the middle of the block, we have, um, we've done up vintage caravans all built in Australia. Um, and so artists will stay there. So we might have like at the moment, we have a set designer and a puppeteer and a striker here. So she's living on site. So while she was here, she's doing an install and there'll be programs that she's running. So she'll run um, the yard every afternoon. So then you get to meet other artists who do different stuff. Yeah. And she'll be here and she might do a puppet show while she's here. So throughout your year, you can look and you might go, oh, let's go while Anna's here. So we'll go through and see that. Or Amazing. A performer or a painter or a sculptor or so everybody adds their thing and their energy is just yeah. as much a part of it. And this is probably good timing um, since the dinosaur trail has become a thing. Um, this this should really um, cement Winton on the map because not only do you go and see dinosaurs, but you go to the Crack Up Sisters' house. Very much. We got the dinosaurs in the Walsing Matilda Centre. And then they're just opening up um, the Outback Way, which is a bitumen highway all the way from Winton to WA. So it's a oh. longer shortcut. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's right at our back door. So in our backyard is our dust arena, which is our outdoor performance space, um, and it backs onto the heavy vehicle bypass. So you get to watch the sunset. And all of the triples go past, which we find really romantic. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I want to tell you when you were just talking about your Australian made caravans, we have a camper trailer and um, we've just had it for a couple of years. Last year, we went to Uluru and Alice Springs. And now I told you that we've booked our dinosaur trail holiday for September. Um, so we'll come and see you at the end of September if you're there. Oh, I hope we have the house up by then. Yeah. Um, but our camper trailer is a cub and it's all Australian made from all Australian materials. Do you know cubs? Yeah. It's the only all Australian camper trailer on the market. That's amazing. I know. I love them. They go, I think they might go back to the 70s. We've just upgraded actually, but it's, the same but just a little bit newer yeah and once you're a cub owner that's it you can't do anything else you're in the cub cult yeah and they're very good and like we just sold one that was almost 20 years old and there was nothing wrong with it it's they're just so sturdy the best quality they're the best that's awesome Mm. so we can come and park the cub next to the caravans maybe (laughs) <laughs> we call Even it Zimba when you're coming through Zimba Simba you know the lion yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um now I wanted you to tell me I just thought about this if you could tell us where Winton is with your little spiel that you do with Rowdy oh yeah yeah well we come from the southern most eastern tip of central Northwestern Tablelands, High Plains country, just 200k straight down the road from the middle of nowhere. Kawa country, Winton, outback Queensland. Oh, that is so good. I just love that. Um, <laughs> That's because you're a country girl. Yeah. 
And everybody always says, where are you from? Is there? Yeah. And I, I love that. Oh, we're from Plains country. Oh, we're up in the Highlands. Oh, we're, you know, just down the road there. And then if you hook a right and head sort of northeast towards it, that range over there, you know. So, yeah. So country people really follow it in the start and then yeah. you just get to a point where your head goes, what? <laughs> That's right. In Adam- I can Pick that in an audience because I hear the giggle yeah. at that point. Go, yeah, oh, that's okay. so true. Um, These guys are audience. In January, we went to 1770 in the Cub and um, some people said, where's 1770? Do you know 1770? Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's the most northern eastern point of Australia. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Really? I just go there just to say that we've been to the most northeastern point of Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, now, also tell me about your costumes. Who designs them? Who makes them? Uh, the costumes have been an evolution. Um, firstly, they're made out of um, couch fabric, so they're all full upholstery fabrics, which is funny because we say we've cut up the old couch and tore down the curtains to make our costumes because the characters are very thrifty. Mm. Um, but secondly, it's actually a really tough fabric because we really do skid along with that. So you've seen us, you know, we're in the rodeo arena. Mm. You're rolling around in sand and dirt and pulling on each other and um, they absorb sweat well. <laughs> yeah, so the costumes are an evolution of that and they're also... Um, designed obviously for our comfort and to also we didn't what we wanted to do with us because we are athletes so and often athletes and in circus um, you know your body is very shredded and very muscular Mm. and that sometimes can pull the focus and we didn't want you to be looking at the muscles working. We want you to be enjoying the humour and the story, yeah. not getting in the, in the physical. So they're also, you know, flattering and hiding and, um, yeah. So yeah. There's, there's lots of inspiration for those costumes. They are made by a great friend of ours who was a circus performer and she's also a seamstress. So they're really bomber made. Um but there's other things, you know, like there's lots of bows and frills and trimmings and that sort of um, one of Stroud's big influences is the Queen because Mum left the, the crack-up sisters quite early. Um, so Stroud brought them up and there was always a photo of the Queen on the wall. So she always wears the dresses oh. and she always has a collar and she always has a poof. So that's why Stroud's quite like we've got to have the dresses and the collars and the poof. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so again, there's many layers of yeah, why yeah, yeah. functional and character and story driven and yeah. where we want to take the audience. Well. And memorable as well. Because when when I think about you and even in years to come, I, I think you would think, now remember those crack up sisters? And then you'd think, yeah, the colours and the the costumes and the frills, that's all like it stays in your mind, I think which is really important because, and it's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too for country, um, a set designer was talking with us early on. They're like, oh, you know, country, wouldn't you go, you want to go the browns and the, you know, all of the natural colours. Yeah. We went, 
No, actually, then we just blend in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's your point of difference, I think. You tick all the boxes, I reckon. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Now I've just got to drop this in ah. here. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got to drop this because you've been um I've been thinking that you might like to know about my sister-in-law because she's also an outback lover. And she actually became she was awarded an Australian of the Year award this year. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, in the local hero category. Her name's Shanna Wan, and she has a charity called Sober in the Country, which yes. encourages people. Well, her message is it's okay to say no. So if you don't want to have a beer, you don't have to have a beer. And that's off the back of um, her journey with alcohol in the bush um, and, and changing that culture. And then she was named an Australian of the Year in January, which is so exciting. But yesterday we watched her on ABC. She actually Zoomed the Queen a few weeks ago and they... It was on ABC TV yesterday. So she, she talked to the Queen. She zoomed the Queen in Canberra with the Governor General. And they, yeah, they showed it on ABC yesterday. And like, oh my gosh, so amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they had a real yarn. And um, she talked about her dogs and horses with the Queen. And the Queen sort of smiled. And Shen said, I thought you'd like that. And she asked where she was from and she talked about the work that she does in in rural areas of Australia and alcohol and whatever. So, um, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It was very exciting. And she's going to be on Australian Story tomorrow night. Oh, lovely. Yeah, if you you watch that. Do you have a TV in the house? No, no. no. But um, we can watch it on the later one. Yeah, yeah. I view. I wanted to ask about um, what's the most isolated place that you've travelled to? Um, there's many isolated places that we travel to um, and there's something that we started many years ago which was when you get an email or a call from somebody and they're, you know, really remote and it makes absolutely no sense to go there financially, <laughs> distance, time, effort, any of it. But there's always one show a year and nobody knows this and we never tell them either that yeah. we do it, whether it makes sense or no sense. Oh. It's like that's that show and cool. you do that, that community. Yeah. yeah. I don't like nobody wants to be known as a, yeah, so, yeah. so that's. Just our little our little thing, but That's we know. So lovely! Like, oh my god, this is like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's meant that we've gone from there to there to there, <laughs> and it's completely stupid because it makes no sense, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Have you been to WA? Yes, we've been to WA. Yep, in some really remote spots in SA. Um, yeah, WA, Tassie. Yeah, yeah, all over the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've actually um I've got my pilot's license now because that's the next phase too, is that 
because of the amount of Ks that we normally do, it just got to the point where I was like, wouldn't it be great to fly so that we can get to more places? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How on earth did you manage that? It's been tricky. It was a little bit more to bite off than I thought, which is great (laughs) because if I had known, I probably wouldn't have started. Wow. How long has it taken you? Long time. Mm, Maybe about six or seven years. Yeah. And we're getting there. So are you going to get a plane? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know how that's going to happen either, but it'll happen. (laughs) Is there going to be a runway at the house? Probably not at the house, no. We haven't got a big enough block, but... We've got, there's an airstrip in Winton and then it's, yeah, it's just, I think it's important. That's incredible. Do you love it? I do love it. I'm still a baby pilot. So it's still as much as I love, I love the thought of it. I'm working very hard, um, you know, concentrating. But I think that's a wonderful thing about having a discipline. You know, I used to have to concentrate really hard to do a straight cartwheel too. Wow. Keep on doing it. So I have the faith that I have the faith that I will enjoy flying and it will be a pleasure as my skills develop. And it's um I think there's a real reward in working for something too and seeing your little incremental growth. And then we always call it the wheels fall off and you're learning too, because you seem to go backwards for a little while and then you, you get better at it again. Mm. Yeah. It's so humbling. That's amazing. Would you put um the the set in the plane? No, that would only be if the Australian government gave us a Chinook. <laughs> I'm like then we could drive the semi in yeah. and the dogs and perhaps the whole house. Well, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um so, Struth, where where um where to next for the crack up sisters? Are you, are you just going to keep doing what you're doing, and as long as you're enjoying it, you'll keep going? Absolutely. Um, and this is, you know, I think it's also important to do to do your craft, and I really love what comes with the more time that you do something. I love the evolution of it. And so I love the thought of being 80 and jumping up and doing a number for my mates or for an audience or for yeah. whoever yeah. wants that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. inspiring. Good on you. <laughs> and we'll evolve. With, I'm super excited about opening up this space and um, having other people come. And Yeah, so yeah. that's the 24th of June, did you say? Is the opening. 24th of June 2022 for the yard. Yep. And stay tuned for the house. For the house. Yep. Yeah. And we're hoping for 2024 that um, we'll have a whole programmed year of artists coming in and moving through and, yeah. Big ideas. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But that's I love this because if you're not doing it, then who is? Oh, yeah, you, yeah. And I think it's really important to tell people what you're doing because then they can add into the idea or go, oh, have you talked to so-and-so about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, good idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I just, yeah, as I said earlier, I just love um, that the Australian culture and the Australian way of life is so important to what you do and showcasing that and sharing that and, and loving that because yeah. I really love all of that too. And I feel like it's, it's becoming lost. And I think so too. I think we're in the perfectionist world, which many people talk about, whereas uh, for me, part of the Australian culture is have a go. Yeah. And, and that's how you learn. And it, it, you just have a go and you, yeah. you keep on having a go. Yeah, there's yeah. no end. No? Slim Dusty, I am, we'll see how we go with it, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. It's really, and it's a delight. I'm really glad that it comes through in the work because that's that's what we do as well with live entertainment is there's no there's no Photoshop. You see it when the music goes wrong and we miss a trick. You can't hide it. Mm. We've just missed the trick. So yeah. we'll have another go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you and rowdy you just seem to bounce off each other really well so you can read each other very well obviously knowing each other your whole lives um you know you're good at mixing it up and going with whatever's happening yeah yeah it's, it's part of an ongoing training though we never um rest on those laurels we rehearse into every show yeah, and we know when our timing's off. So I guess it's like any relationship, you know, yeah. even a husband and wife, you know each other intimately. Yeah. But sometimes if you're not around each other, you're a bit out of beat. Yeah. 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 you got to so find it again. Like, yeah. And yeah. we actually have a discipline that we can come back to and um, practice and find it. It's so much patience with one another and with yourself, I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's so great. Well, I think I need to let you go and finish up um, whatever you've got out in the yard today, building a fence and tidying up probably before the sun goes down. <clears throat> but thank yeah. you so much for your time. This is so lovely to be able to chat to you and um, hear some more of your story and how all of this came to be. It's so interesting and I, I just love it. And we're so excited to come to Winton in a few months and see all of that country for the first time and, and learn, yeah, all about, you know, we're going through Longreach and Winton and um, Cloncurry and we're going to do, yeah, we're going to do the big triangle. So we're looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to, I really, you're going to enjoy it. And mm. we've got a remarkable year with the Lomina. Yeah, that's right. Iridescent green. <laughs> it's really lush. And, yeah. I, and I hope, um, I say this for all of us across the country, I'd love a good five years of this moisture just to replenish all of our spirits and the yeah. underground water. And yeah, yeah. you'd never wish, never wish the rain away. No, no. Lismore might have another view on that. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah. Just not outback areas. <laughs> yeah, poor no, <clears throat> in it. Our dust arena is now a green arena. Yeah. How cool. Add a little drop down so that you can flip it over. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Streeth. Well, thank you very, very much for your time. It's lovely to have a chat and um, and see you sitting there with your beautiful backdrop. It's lovely. So we'll um, look forward to seeing you in a few months and keep up the good work. Thanks, Ebony. It's you're really welcome. lovely. Thank you for taking an interest and your perception has made me cry a couple of times. So thank oh. you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for everything that you're doing and your and your sisters. It's um your passion is real and it's it's very um you know, you, I just want to be a part of it. So yeah, keep keep up the good ah, work. Thank you for sharing yeah. our story too. I hope that it yeah, it reaches yeah. different people and they have a smile. <laughs> yeah, and they'll come and say g'day. If you enjoyed this episode with Struth if you learnt something, if you know somebody heading to Winton soon, or if you think somebody you know might like to listen, please share this episode with them. You can also give the podcast a rating on your app or share it on social media to help other people find Conversations for Ali easier. Thank you.